Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo and this is my husband and co-host, Steve. Green. Your adoring husband and co-host, Steve Green. My adoring husband and co-host, Steve Green. He's adoring me so profusely. You ever hear people do that? What? Like my adoring wife. No. Oh. I don't hear people. Okay. Um, As I was trying to figure out what topic to do today for shit they don't tell you, um, I like to, typically my process is I like to draw on something that I have recently been reading or looking at or revisiting or whatever and also rabbit holes perhaps um sometimes rabbit holes but uh thank you for trying to be helpful yeah no okay cool <laughs> not today <laughs> um today a rabbit hole for me is like when you start off one direction and then you end up going on like several different tangents and where you end up is nowhere close to where you started for me, that I was, yeah, I, I, that happens to me a lot too. But what I was trying to do today when I was coming up with the topic um, was I was trying to visit things that I had recently looked at to do a topic on for shit they don't tell you. And I realized I looked at so many things today and recently that I had no idea what to do a topic on. And, and so when I re- looked at all the things that I've been reading and watching and listening to, I was like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Because I try to pass it through some criteria of, is this something I think is interesting and relevant today? Mm-hmm. Two, is it something that I wish I would have fucking known? Mm-hmm. And three, is it something that I've gone through to speak on it and tell people my my personal experiences on some shit that I wish I would have known. And for me, it's like, what does that have to do with John Travolta? Yes. If it's very little, I'm out. Mm-hmm. It, what does that have to do with Nicolas Cage? If it's very little, I'm out. 
And hey, sometimes we do some one-off episodes where like I'm just like, hey, here, like some here's some random facts that I found out during quarantine. I love that one. I know it's great. No, I, I like it. But when I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of a topic, like that I wanted to just delve into. Yeah. And anyway, what I'm trying to say is, I looked at so many different videos, and this is the reject pile, which I think are good topics. Don't get me wrong. I think they're good topics, but I don't think they're like. An, an hour. hour's worth mm. of conversation mm. topics to talk about. So maybe they are, maybe they are But I had already decided for you that they were not. So instead of not doing them, I'm just doing all of them. So so you know what? <laughs> you know what the problem is, is that you're not pitching it right. Oh, okay. This Go is ahead. an abundance of wealth okay. that you're getting. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Abundance of wealth. So I started the day off looking at Instagram, and uh, one of the people I follow who has actually appeared on our podcast, his name is Mark Manson. He's the author of the subtle art of not giving a fuck and everything is fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has great Instagram posts. They're usually something philosophical or something to something to ponder on, you know, and done in a very relatable fashion. And the thing that I stumbled upon today was um, what things we should give fewer fucks about. One, winning arguments over the internet. You're usually wrong. So true. Two, the latest big scary thing on the news, TM. It's usually wrong. True. And three, people's assumptions about you, they're usually wrong. I love that. I love it too. It's just so, he's great. He should be a writer. I, I think he should. <laughs> he should write things that help people. You know when he left, I was like, I wish we were close personal Me friends. too. But I feel that when I read his book too, I'm like, yeah. he's just like Steve. Why can't we be friends? You, they would get along so well. I wish he, just, he just didn't even give me a chance. And it's not even this like echo chamber type of friendship where I'm like, he has the same exact views on us. What I like about him is that his whole philosophy is becoming friends with people that have all different types of perspectives. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We love it. And I like it. I feel like it makes a really well-rounded, centered person. I just feel like if I had one more shot, he would really want to be my friend. Yeah, same. I think if his wife was here, then it wouldn't be so awkward. Yeah, yeah, You know, because, like, she'd have someone to talk to, he'd have someone to talk to. No, it's just not one person talking to two people. Hey, you want to go to dinner afterward? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that could be cool. Like, I got my wife here. Yeah, exactly. Like, she might like like, And I feel like I would really, I'd probably get along with his wife, too. Like, we'd probably have a lot in common. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know And I'm like, hey, let me get another round. No, it's on us. Yeah. No, 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 no. When the bill comes. No, 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 that's on us. We fucking got it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first thing I saw today. The second thing is I got on uh, my treadmill and I um, watched two videos from Graham Stephan. Shout out. I do like his channel. Financial man. He's not. Uh, I guess he, he does talk a lot about finances, but what his story is, is he became a millionaire by age like 26 or 21 or so I don't, I don't remember but like something in young 20s became a millionaire and it was through real estate investing initially mm-hmm. and then he also invests in stocks and stuff but he is very down to earth and has very practical ways of how everybody can essentially like theoretically how they, how they become, can buy crypto no oh okay but they could theoretically become a millionaire but he does actually talk about how there is a luck factor involved mm-hmm. like just the right place, right time type of thing. But as we've said before on this show, and it's not my original quote, but I mean, it came from somewhere, but luck is where preparation meets opportunity. So as long as you're prepared for something, then when the opportunity arises, you will have a similar amount of luck. Um, And anyway, it was about real estate investing. And I was like, should we do a topic on investing? But then I was like, I haven't actually done any real estate investing besides buying our own house. But that is an investment. Yeah, for sure. But because we could rent it out or whatever. I mean, 
Yes, but I'm talking about like future real estate investing yes. and all the things. I only know what he's told me. I don't know personal experiences to speak from, but I thought the topic was really interesting. And if I do get into real estate investing or if we do venture into any sort of investing and then have success or failure from it, mm -hmm. I would love to do a topic on it. Well, we've had a lot of success with cryptocurrency also, I'll tell you that. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, all the time. Maybe you should do an episode on it. A I'll third, do another one. I'll do a third. Episode. Okay, I'll do. There are actually some really cool the developments in the space. So yeah, I'll do one soon. Okay, I believe you. Um, then the third thing I did, which I don't have a reference point for right now, but I got off my treadmill and I read my book. My, the book I'm currently reading is The Four Hour Work Week by Timothy Ferris. I don't know if he goes by Tim Ferris or Timothy Ferris. That's why. I, Somehow we'll make it. I formally said Timothy, but I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. Um, Sorry, Tim. Yeah, so the chapter that I read today was about um, quality time. Uh, like, basically, if you have free time, but it's occupied by distractions, then it's not really free time because you're, you're neither doing something productive nor relaxing, Yep. right? And I find myself constantly trapped in that position. When I designate free time, which is what my therapist told me to do and also my nutritionist told me to do, is to designate free time where I'm not working. Because of stress. Right, because yeah. I overstress myself yes. and, and I will work forever if I don't do something about yes. that's an easy time. Yes, schedule in free time. So what I found very interesting or my challenge with that was that I would schedule the free time and then I'd be in that free block of time but I felt icky. Like I'm like, maybe I'm just not good at relaxing. You know, I, I can't relax. I'm just feeling bad that I'm not working and also feeling bad that I can't relax. And it ends up being, I wasted two hours trying to have free time. <laughs> I don't know how you fail at free time. And I've never heard anybody talk about it until I read this chapter of this book. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel. So his whole theory is to, own, to have set times to check email. Do not check email before 10 a.m., I would say you could even, depending on your job, you can maybe go till 11 or 12. Oh, shit. But um, don't check email first thing in the morning because even if it just takes 15 minutes to check your email, those thoughts or any emotions you felt from it or any like frustrations or anger or whatever, they stay lingering in your head. And so it's not really 15 minutes because you're thinking of what to respond to them. You're thinking of when to respond to them. You're thinking if they're responding back to you. You're thinking of what they're going to respond with. You're, you're just, you're, it's cluttering your mind yeah. without you even thinking about it. And even if you're like, okay, I'm going to forget about it now and do this other thing, like you're still subconsciously thinking about Sometimes it. Sometimes I'll send an email and then I'll, I'll even go to my sent folder and reread it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how that distracts yeah, you. But you're I, like, did I do that right? Was that wordly, and wordly I always, correctly? I do. I set aside like 20 minutes for email, but it always takes longer than that. Yeah, it can. It really can. Yeah. And so his thing is having your free time be before email, before you consume media, before like any of that. And That's good. Like, I like that. Having like, yeah. And oh, and also doing like one item off your productivity list before you so you do one item off your productivity list you have your free time so that that's cleared you're, yep. you're like you're done with that you don't have to be thinking about that high priority item you already got like most of your priorities done and then you have your free time and then you check your email and do like social media or whatever so that it doesn't clutter your head and take from your free time right. so you could truly relax i like that i thought that was really interesting yeah but I was like, can I do a whole topic on that? No, because I haven't really tested it out yet. 
You're fine. But there's some food for thought. Put the gun down. Kick it away. You're fine. I know. Or that's why we're compiling all of the things. I got it. I can't do just one topic. Now we're doing all of the topics. Okay, let's do them all. Uh, so that was another thing that happened today. And then I went and watched a bunch of YouTube videos to kind of just try to find, like, what's something I want to talk about today? And I don't always, I don't usually do this, actually. I don't usually, like, go look to videos for a topic. Usually a topic is just on my mind. Yes. And I want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, from the week. But for some reason, on this particular day of recording, I'm like, yeah, there's, like, no topics and there's also too many topics. Yeah, well, we're also, we were talking about this on the way over here. We're also spread a little thin sometimes. Right now during quarantine especially. Yeah, because you're not having as many experiences. Yeah. And so what can you talk about other than everyone's binge watching the same shit? Right. And so it's like, yo. And everyone's in quarantine and everyone's sick of talking about quarantine. Yeah, so yeah. exactly. So and, and how, then, how much richness can you have in a in a conversation? Exactly. And then also there's several different similar type platform shows that we do. So yesterday I filmed a whole day of Big Mood or we recorded a Big Mood podcast, our competitor. Chief competitor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we, I had to uh, prep two different, different topics for that podcast. And then we have today's podcast shoot mm-hmm. day and mm-hmm. we do multiple episodes. And then um, in a day from now, I'm doing a whole day of JK News yeah, I where tomorrow. I have to talk about different topics. And I'm just like, how many topics can I even talk about? I don't know. This is why I really believe in watching a movie a day. Yeah. Because some sort of outside stimulation. Yeah, it gives you some some other for- frame of reference point. point. Yes. Yeah. I really have always believed in that. That's my my favorite improv coach, Billy Merritt. Yeah. Taught me that. It's in the UCB manual or handbook or whatever that like that. They didn't have it back they, then. Oh. But this is like 2007 or eight. And but yeah, he told me to do that. I did it. It was a fucking bountiful harvest uh, that <laughs> bountiful. year uh, for improv tree things. To yeah. Add. Yeah. I Just call it my improv tree. Talking to a variety of people, listening to a variety of things, mm-hmm. watching movies. Scenarios, tropes, characters. Like, yeah. Uh, the types of people that you see, the types of actions that happen in, in between relationships. And there's usually themes in movies, so it's like you got that, like, oh, I'm really focused on this theme today. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. T- today was just like a. So so then so that, I thought that was really interesting. I found like a lot of interesting nuggets today. Very. Just not a whole topic. I've already said that a million times. So I'm just sorry about that. Just say it one more time. I'm, I just I found a lot of topics. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Okay, so then uh, a video popped up in my YouTube feed that was your true self versus your false self. I'm like. Ooh, I love me some fucking psychological shit. Yeah, we love that. On Give me nom 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 nom. Yep. So I watched some. It was like a seven minute video from School of Life, I believe was the channel, mm. and it was true self versus false self. And basically, it was about how there are a lot of unhappy adults, and sometimes they don't know why they're unhappy because they're constantly putting on this false self. Um, because they have weren't ever able to express their true self. So some people don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, you know, their false self is the societally acceptable form of themselves, you know, to have manners and to behave a certain way in public and to hide your certain emotions because they're uncomfortable for people and to not throw tantrums and to, you know, you can't do that. You can't 
That's weird. That's my false self. It's weird. No, that your your true self that was, was coming at you. Were going blah, 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 blah. no. Okay. People don't like that. I'll be my That's fake not self a form of conversation. Okay. Wasn't a real language. That wasn't English. That wasn't Spanish. You're right. You're just making up some gibberish, and you're expecting it to be worthy of conversation. It's not. Right. So Apologies. So go back to your false self, please. Okay. So. People do think I'm bored on the show a lot, by the way. That's because true. of the way that I um, you look. I look when I'm listening. You have a bored face. I have a bored face. I'll get to that. Okay. okay. But that's 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 my real self. I'm just actually listening, engaging in the conversations. Yeah, and, I and, actually feel. I'm not like, going like, ooh, really? <laughs> when I was watching this video, I was like, wow, I've felt kind of cursed my life, mm-hmm. feeling like I am very emotional, and sometimes it betrays me. When I'm trying to be societally acceptable, right. but like my emotions will come out. And other people have been like, wow, that's super authentic of you to express your emotions so freely. And I'm like, yeah, right, you fucking hater. Like you're just, you're saying that, you know, because yeah. I because I couldn't hold it together. You're trying to make me feel better, right? right. But really, um, when I was watching this video, I think that we kind of maybe are outliers because um, it says if you were allowed to be your true self during when you were a baby, like if you were allowed to cry or allowed to, um, you know, express emotions freely, uh, that maybe uh, over time you were you have learned, you've been able to to express that part of yourself, so you no longer have to rebel and like, okay, you know, you have that inside you that's like. Aching to you come don't out. feel the need to cover up everything. Yeah, but then and then slowly over time, as you progress into adulthood, you develop the societally acceptable false self. But you don't feel like you are sacrificing your true self for that. You just know what's okay in public and what's not. Got it. It's weird though, because I, I yeah, like I went back and forth watching this because I was like, okay, so as a baby, I do think I was allowed to do that. But then as I grew up to a certain age, uh, like I'd say around five or six, uh, my dad really wouldn't let me cry like right. emotions were unacceptable all of a sudden so i don't know i don't know how i feel about that i haven't really digested the whole video yeah <laughs> i don't know if i <laughs> i don't know well like you know if, if you're buying the shit yet. i don't know yet yeah i don't know and well i liked what, what i like about it is that it was talking about how there has to be a balance with when you raise your child of letting them express themselves freely and throw a tantrum and show that like it's like the world doesn't end and they also don't rule the world. Like they're some not of this, though, man, is so advanced theory and not practicality. Yeah, I don't know it. I don't because no, like think about having a kid and you got a kid screaming their fucking head off. Yeah, and you just came home from work and you're over it and you're like, shut the fuck up. But then you didn't let me finish because Uh-oh. it's a balance. So they say like a balance between doing that, but then not like overly catering to them because then they're in a bubble and they won't learn how to like they they'll just yeah they'll I get be it. selfish. Yeah, you know? I, I get that. I don't know. I don't know. That was a that was a reject topic. See. Okay. I, I, so I these are all my that. reject topics. Got it. <laughs> I don't. I haven't processed it enough to be able to give you an articulate response of how I genuinely feel about that topic. Okay. Okay. Understood. But just some food. If you want to look into true self versus false self, I'm just giving it to you. I'm just giving you the little crumbs that you can go. You can go find the whole meal for yourself. Nice. Okay. Next thing that I stumbled upon was. Uh, it was also from School of Life, so I think their like videos just started popping up in my feed, like as like suggested, because the algorithm is why you will marry the wrong person. And I only got halfway through because I was like, "What does it imply?" 
Um, but what, the, what were they getting? It at? was it was about how um, basically Disney and like things that we watched as kids built this false picture of what love was supposed to be like, and this it it gave us very high unrealistic expectations of what a partner should be like, and that and how easy it should be, and that it should just be given, right? right? And then it it didn't teach us how to actually form healthy, real relationships and get to know someone and, and like be a good partner for them as well and all that stuff. And so uh, a lot of people um, like will marry someone and then they feel unhappy and then they get mad. But you, he's like, you don't have to find the perfect person, but just like the good enough person and then you work on it from there. Mm. And I was like, hmm, well, that's like, that's good for people. That ever, oh, it's too late, you know. Good enough person. <laughs> like if you're like, oh, I really, I'm struggling in my marriage, but they're good enough. Like maybe you could work on it. I don't know. Well, yeah, you can work on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but man, that sounds really inspiring and beautiful. Yeah. I had also watched another video yesterday, not today, about um, people that are that have a hard time breaking up with their significant other and the psychological reason for that, and that's that they don't want to put the other person through an hour or a day or two of pain that they'd rather just never have that uncomfortable situation and just like stay with them because it's comfortable but then they meanwhile build years and years of resentment and then it's and then they're too old and it's been too late and it's been too many years and so they don't break up with the person and it's all because they didn't want to face the one the couple hours of pain that either they caused the person or that that person then causes you know them wow. and it stems from childhood where um, when you were a kid and you didn't want to piss off the adults around you because maybe you had a parent that would react really angrily and you it was almost it goes back to survival instincts of like kill or be killed mm-hmm. and either you're either you're gonna do something that upsets someone so much that they're gonna kill you and to an adult that's logically not gonna happen but to a child it's ve- a very scary real fear that that adult could get so angry that they could kill you oh yeah because everything's everything's black and white very amplified yeah Yeah. so like another adult in the room might be like oh they're just blowing off steam whatever but if a child's witnessing it they're like holy shit that person's gonna oh dude i watched my brother put his hand through a a window and we told him that we 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 honestly thought our dad was gonna kill him (gasps) you know what i mean like it's just one of those things when you're that age you really think that 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 there's mortal consequences for this shit because I watch cartoons and movies. Yeah. And also dad's very scary sometimes. So in order to not piss that person off or not make that person upset, you like act a certain way and you be the person that you want, that they want you to be, but then inside you're kind of unhappy. Got it. And so it's, it's a people pleasery kind of. Kind of, yeah. Or just more like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to be killed and you don't want to hurt the person. Right. You, you don't want to be in a kill or be killed situation. Damn. Because you also might have had an adult around you that got hurt easily or you felt like you had to take care of their needs emotionally when you were a small child and didn't even know how to take care of your own needs. And so you don't want to hurt that person. You don't want to upset. You don't want them to feel sad. Right. Because of something that you did. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's that too. So I'm, I'm very confused because those are both videos from School of Life. One's like, hey... You could work it out with that person. And the other one's like, yo, if you're not happy, you should 
you should yeah, go not, through the couple hours. Hey, look, everyone's a hypocrite. You could like, but I didn't. I didn't get through the whole video of Mar- why you'll marry the wrong person. So maybe they cleared that up by the end. I understand. All right. Hope you find the whole meal after these crumbs. <laughs> um, then I stumbled upon a video that was how to be a genius, and it was basically about how geniuses are not these super crazy brilliant people with superpowers that we have all put on a pedestal correct but rather that they have the same thoughts as everybody else um they just tend to think deeper on them and they're not thrown off by no one else agreeing with them yes you know yes they're not thrown off they they actually truly still investigate their thoughts and feelings even when there's no support for it out there i think i don't know that's I mean look, I'm I'm not saying I'm a genius. I fucking love standing up for something while everyone says something else. Yeah. It's fun. It's just fun for me. And also if I think it, it's even more fun. <laughs> True. I I get <clears throat> scared and sad by mm-hmm. it. Like when I have a thought and no one else seems to like latch onto it, I'm like, Am I stupid or crazy or whatever? And I think that's what a lot of people do. And then um and then when I, you know, embrace it, I'm like I'm like Oh no, I'm lonely. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, yeah. Like where I'm like, I almost wish I didn't believe it or feel that way so I could just blend in and, and feel happier because it, some things make me really sad. Like, mm-hmm. for example, why people can't just sit and listen to an opposing perspective. Right. We like, talked about that, that recently. Yeah, we talked about it recently. And I just feel like more often than not, I'm encountering people who think that. Just by listening to an opposing belief, you have to take that belief system on. Mm-hmm. And, and in turn, also, like if if I like if someone was watching me and I was interacting with someone with completely radically different beliefs than me, just me engaging with them, I'm now associated. Yes. A lot of people do that. And I'm like, I I genuinely don't I genuinely think this is the problem on why we don't have peace is that people just like to paint a broad stroke and they don't like to listen to individual people or perspectives and they if someone has a different uh, belief that they're dumb or they're stupid or they're evil or they're you know whatever there's a lot of different labels that put them in a different box than you look at the ufo community man yeah uh, honestly like until all that stuff just got declassified we're by the way, multiple governments all over the world declassifying all the shit. Yeah. But we, the United States, finally declassified some videos that the Navy shot of these flying Tic Tac UFOs. And it's called a UFO, guys. That means unidentified yeah. flying object. Like, it doesn't mean it's aliens or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what the fuck they are. We don't know why they can move so fast, how they move that way. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. And for years, everybody who said they saw a UFO got called like a backwards uh, moron or like, oh yeah, you saw little green men and that's not what they said. They say they saw a flying saucer or they saw an identified flying object. Yeah. So you can write off people and not listen to them and then when they're vindicated later, you don't remember that you were one of the assholes who was yeah. writing them off. Yeah. It's, I've noticed it for a lot of things. Was it Copernicus that first said that maybe the universe doesn't revolve around Earth? That maybe or was it Galileo? I don't remember, but yeah, I don't remember either. But I, it was one of those crazy one of those geniuses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's they, they got said, jailed. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> the the Christians jailed them. Yeah. Or, or Catholics? I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. Those the guys in robes. Listen, I heard it one time. Same. I retained some of the information. They shook their scepters at him. The point still remains the same, regardless of how the story went down. Was that 
He had an outsider's belief. Nobody would support it for fear of being associated with that Mm -hmm. crazy belief. He gets locked up for it. It turns out to be true. And then he's heralded as a genius. Mm -hmm. But at the time, he was not called a genius. He was just someone that- He was a fucking heretic. Stuck up for his beliefs and and like thought deeply on them. Yep. Yeah, so- uh, so yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. Oh, and they also are able to articulate well, which is why a lot of times things that geniuses say resonate with us because we've had similar thoughts to that. We just didn't know how to articulate it or why it was coming, where it was coming from, why it was coming from, and it just kind of makes it click for us. And this is important too because really intelligence is not always about the the, the ability Academics to communicate or or communicate. Yeah, like like so. For example, you totally got it wrong. I was trying to finish your sentence. Totally got it wrong. So so John Madden is one of the most celebrated coaches in the history of football. Right? Mm-hmm. He won, I think, three championships with the Raiders or two, and he is he is well known as like being a fucking super genius at football. But when he was in the broadcasting booth, all anyone remembers about John Madden is that he cannot communicate the game effectively. Mm. When you're watching the game, he would be like. Now what the what this team wants to do is score more points than the other team, like 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 that's the meme about John Madden is yeah. that he really couldn't like tell the audience at home what was going on as effectively as obviously he could do to his players in the locker room and like teach them about football. So the ability to communicate something that is different than your knowledge of something. Mm-hmm. It's like how I, I can I can hear Spanish and know some of it, but I can't fucking write it. It's it's just a, you're good at different things, mm-hmm. and so sometimes people who are incredibly intelligent yeah. don't have the ability or the facilities to communicate what they're very smart about. Yeah, and that can make people think that they're dumb, and that's not true. Or they do it in different ways. Exactly. Like, so you're really good at improv and like being on your feet and, and thinking like it's just it comes tip of your tongue. I feel like I'm much better with writing. Right. Like I can get everything out. I can articulate it very well mm-hmm. in writing. I can say all of my points and get my tone across everything in writing. Yeah. Just and one not. is not better than the other. Yeah. It's they're they're just different ways of communicating the same thing. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, let's communicate about some sponsors. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah. Hope you're you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, 
indoor or outdoor. You can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> All right. And we're back. And the other last two videos that I watched were both, both like listicle type videos. They were from a channel that I think was called psych to go Shout like out? Psychology to go Yeah. That's cool. Not like psych Right. I mean, that is where it originated from, but people spell it really bad now. They, they spell do. it S-I-K-E. I think that's a proper way of spelling it. Sometimes. I mean, true. When I was a kid, I thought it was spelled that way. <laughs> I was a psychologist when I was a kid, that's for sure. Psychologist? You know what I'm saying? You studied. Studied the art of telling people, psych. psych? Hey, you want you guys want you, you to go out uh, to the movies on Friday? Psych? Now it's like the, the thing that the new kids are saying are, say psych right now. Say psych right now. Really? Yeah, it's like oh, where. Psych? No, oh. <laughs> it's like if I said something, it's like you're like, shut up. Oh, I see. Like, say, say psych, psych, psych right, right now. now. I thought you were telling me to say psych so I could no. help set you up for something. No, no, no. Got it. The kids are saying say psych right now. The kids are saying is what we should say. And in front I of know because my Twitter feed is a lot of, of uh, Gen Zers. A lot of the youngins. A lot of the young, young, young people. I'm learning. There's a lot of the youngins in the audience that's I, too. That's how I stay hip. Same. Yeah. I stay hip on what you tell me is happening. <laughs> exactly. And then I say, that it's, sounds ridiculous. It's a telephone game of staying hip. <laughs> so by the time it gets to you, you're like, you know they say period? <laughs> it's true. That happened. Yeah, and it is. Period. I was actually researching that for a script. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so the next video that I watched, um, that was a reject topic. Yeah. Still a good topic. Couldn't cut Just it. Just don't have enough to give you, I think. Um, I came across a video called 10 Habits Interesting People Always Practice. I thought this was a good, I don't really like listicles, uh, no offense, but I- No offense to all the listicle fans <laughs> out there. I uh, Gen Z. I thought it was, a, I, I think if you take away the 10 
factor like and you're just talking about it i think it's great and also like we've talked about multiple times that interesting people the thing that makes them interesting is that they're interested yes in in what what they're talking about and i think uh dale carnegie dale carnegie said that in how to win friends and influence people as well i think that's where it might have originated but i i heard it first from my acting coach so maybe he borrowed it from dale carnegie but it's very true and especially in acting if you look at some of your favorite actors and actresses if you watch them in movies the times where they're most interesting is where they're really interested in something whether it's solving something or they're interested in their craft or landing the plane yeah like that's what makes them interesting um in this video, it was uh, it started out with um, just talking about how you can compare yourself to people on Instagram and how everyone's lives look like super interesting. And then you're like, damn, why am I so boring? And then like how you can change that and not be so boring. Number one is to not be lazy. <laughs> That's a fucking suggestion. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Listen, I felt the same way upon first hearing it too, but then it makes sense because no maybe shit. if you're never told that what you're doing is kind of lazy. Okay. Um, I think that there are people that have just never questioned it where they, if you're the one in the conversation that's never contributing to the conversation and you just expect everyone else to carry the conversation or entertain you in some way, just think about like why, why do you, wh- why are you entitled to that? Well, they also, you know? I think sometimes it's almost like watching Jump Rope and you don't know where, when to jump in. I think for a lot of people. That's different. That's okay. not being lazy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. talking about lazy people that just want to be there, but they're not interesting. <laughs> like, it happens. They want to be there to be there, but, and they like other people's company, but then they don't contribute. That makes anything. sense. Yeah. I'm not talking about people that are just too shy or kind of like getting their feet wet mm-hmm. and like they're. You know, I'm just covering the base skills. for them. Right. Sometimes true, true, true. I'm, yeah. I'm happy you did that yeah. because I don't want it to get, I don't want you to get it twisted mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the other thing that they said is to do what scares you, do things that scare you. I think that is a thing that interesting people do is that they're not afraid to break out of comfort zones, or even if they are afraid, they still do it anyway. I love that. And in my opinion, I'm just like, we're only on the earth for such a short amount of time. If you really think about it, like maybe 80 years and even then like your last couple decades are probably pretty shit, pretty shit. yeah you're, you might you're, you have a high chance of having some sort of disability yeah. in the last few decades so really like let's say you got a good solid 60 years and then oh and then you got the front end that's like teenager you can't really have control of your life True. um so you can like 45 years yikes nikki this is not fun i know right but i think of that sometimes when i think of being scared to do something where I'm like, well, why? And I, I check myself by being like, why wouldn't I have this experience? Unless it's something fatal or something that I can't reverse, something yeah. irreversible that I might like regret greatly later. I think I'd have more regrets about not doing that thing. And in fact, um, I've read in my four hour work week book, uh, I read about how um, there was a person, I can't remember her name right now, but she wrote a whole book. She was a nurse at um, a, a place where either a senior citizen's home or a hospital where anyway, she was dealing with a lot of people that were dying on their last, they were on their last legs and she interviewed them about what their greatest regrets were. And 90 something percent of them said it was about not living enough of their, like not um, experiencing enough of their life, 
not going out of their comfort zones and not expressing emotions freely. Mm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like not loving freely and not allowing themselves to be loved freely. I definitely think that I want to challenge more of my comfort zone coming out of all this quarantine shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, I know I never like got radically into stand up, but that's something that maybe I want to do a little bit a- after this shit. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really thought too much about what I want to mm-hmm. do after quarantine, but. I definitely love breaking out of my comfort zone like a yeah, lot. It put me it put me and that's not necessarily I mean it is out of my comfort zone in the sense that I never like did it constantly like I did with improv. Yeah. But it's something that I definitely want to do more like that I'm like, "No, nah, you know what? I do want to do it actually, I think." That's cool cuz yeah. we went kind of reverse on that where improv is out of my comfort zone and right. I was like, "I'm going to go hard in the paint on it this year." And I did. I joined an improv group after completing like the final improv class uh, you know at UCB and then um, I joined a practice group and you know I was kind of feeling it and like it always scares me but I was getting I feel like I was getting better at it Uh, and then the quarantine happened and UCB shut down like all their theaters yeah and I remember going to your shows before the quarantine happened and being like oh yeah I do like this like I I forgot that I like this I mean some people make me not like it but yeah that happens man it's not not to be up on them but um, the process I, sometimes is arduous. Yeah. We have to sit there for hours, but that's just part of the game, dude. You got to fucking um, cut your teeth that way. You know, I think taking away the end goal, um, like the end, like being so focused on the end result really made things more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. So when I think when I first did improv and stand up, my end result was that I wanted to be a touring comedian. Like I wanted to, to do stand up on tour. I wanted to, I wanted to to have a stand-up special like I like that was my end goal and it puts a lot of pressure so then like the better my shows were going the more pressure I felt that like I should be at a certain point at a certain time and I think once I let that go it stand-up became way more fun right and same with improv too where after I kind of found like where I'm thriving in life um those were just like fun things that are that bring me joy instead of like a pressure thing i think my biggest problem with stand-up has been finding my voice in it yeah because and now look a lot of people are gonna be like what are you talking about but my voice is very distinct when i'm in conversations or anything i know exactly who the fuck i am but when you're on stage and it's just you and you have nobody to bounce with it is a much different thing and i find i found myself in the past almost you know, doing the syntax or the cadences of other yeah. stand-ups, not me, not necessarily like a specific stand-up, but just the type, yeah. of, the type of, hey, you ever been to a play? I don't talk like that. Right. You know, so I, it's just about finding my voice in that. Totally. And and integrating that with my type of humor. That's, that's and that's, and you know, I think that because of um, probably like whatever diet depression I had last July, I just never thought that, uh, I was in a swirling pit of of darkness yeah. for a little bit, and so I was just like, you know what? I don't deserve to expand my skill set and do do all this cool shit that I actually huh. do want to do. So I I do want to do these things. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think you nailed it too. Like that's I think you're super funny, and I think that was like your only problem was you didn't seem comfortable up there. You yeah, seem, I wasn't. I'm not myself. Yeah, yeah. and it's super awkward that um, I can turn it on anywhere mm-hmm. in the world, but when a mic is in my hand. We also alone. thrive off of conversation people. and people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and that's why you've never like, you never really got into the whole 
talking to the camera by yourself alone in a room on YouTube either. Not really. Like you're thriving now off live shows because there's someone that you're actually talking yes. to. Like you can see like people responding. But um, when you had Tough Talk, even when it's just you on camera, you still had a crew. It was me and George. You. Yeah. And, and Bryce. And sometimes. so you still felt for you like you were having conversation. Right. And the the hardest part, I think, for you is is just picturing it like someone is responding back. Like totally. you just fill in the blanks for them and like how they're responding. And it almost makes it funnier if the way you're reacting to them is not how they're responding. Like where you're like, oh, what? You're offended by that? Oh, and yeah, like they yeah. didn't say anything that they and, were offended by. But. And that was what was great about having people in the room during Tough Talk is I could kind of feel that. Uh huh. But then when I'm alone, yeah. it all just becomes more pointless or I feel like I can't really read the room. Yeah, just endowment is the yeah. term in acting that's like, if that's not there, you have to endow that. Mm-hmm. You have to endow the camera with a quality of a human being that's reacting to you. Right, and I've seen a lot yeah. of tubers put googly eyes in, on the cameras and shit. Yeah. And which is great, it, whatever works for people. But yeah, it's just something that I've, I've noticed about myself that I'm like, okay, I want to work on that. That's sure. great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so go out, do what scares you. Um, carry a notebook everywhere you go. I love that. Yeah. I, I do that with my notepad. I, I fucking fill that thing up all day. You know, with stand-up, that was like the, one of the number one things is just constantly be making observations. Mm-hmm. Even, don't think about if it's funny or not. Yeah. Just, just straight up observations. Like, I like the smell of this yellow rose. I think candy is awful, actually. I don't mm-hmm. like candy. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, or whatever the observation is. And then you read them all back and... There's usually something that will spark some sort of creativity or some thoughts that you never knew existed or you'll have some sort of opinion on the things that you listed and it's it it'll start jogging new things, new parts of your brain that you didn't really activate on a regular basis before. I also think that we tend to make things out to be very hard and and all I mean by that, I'm not saying stand-up's not hard, but we we make it so much more complicated than than what it really is. Yeah. Like all stand up is is people up there just telling jokes over and over again, like different jokes and going through their whole set. Yeah. And instead of looking at like that, I I look at it like like my previous sets where I'll be up there having prepped all day. Yeah. And then I just lose the set. Yeah. Because I'm not. You think it's a memorized thing, yeah, rather yeah. than like. Uh, it is very conversational. You don't have to memorize exact words. Some people do, but like it's more just like hitting the feel and the beat of what you're saying. And like sometimes you'll get in a groove where you'll just naturally memorize that part because it hit a certain way and the audience really liked it when you said it that way. Right. And then you'll be like, oh, that felt natural to me and natural to my voice. And you just keep hitting it that way. But yeah, I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to memorize. Oh yeah, well, because I'll get lost quickly because I my mind is very tip of the tongue, uh-huh. and so what's at the tip of my tongue? What's happening right now? Not what I memorized two hours ago. Yeah, and so that's hard for me to. Uh, that's been hard for me to process, right? And get through. Yeah, I don't. I think that's it's a good block. Bec- it's a good block to work on because I don't. I don't think it's a huge challenge. Like you'll you'll break through that well if you just practiced a little bit. Yeah, and honestly, you know, there's also things like. I'm sure people are like, well, do crowd work or whatever. And that that's that's all fine too. But it's not – that's not seen as in the same way as a lot of stand-up no, is. No, it's like an addition to the set. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to I have like a, a, a bodied set and not just rely on crowd work. Right. Um, Some so people yeah. even script their crowd work. Yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah. That's really wild. 
but good for them, by the way. That's uh, I mean, I, as I long as you, it, it pulls off like an organic moment. If it sounds yeah. re- legit, yeah. And um, I also think that so for me, it's like a learning a dance. Um, I I did a lot of professional dance training um, from age four to twenty four. And no matter what type of dance, you build a certain muscle memory. So when you're first learning the choreography, um, it's really rickety. It's really like rigid. It's, it's weird. You're getting a feel for it. You're messing up a lot. You're not remembering all the steps, but you're getting like the basic mechanics of it. And then the idea is after rehearsing a certain amount of times, when it comes to performance day and you're doing the dance in front of an audience, you're not thinking about the mechanics of it anymore. It's in your body and you're just feeling the moment and you're vibing with the audience, you're vibing with the crowd, right? And so that's how standup is, is where the initial right, the initial draft of it is like, all right, and then I'll say, uh, I guess I'll tell the story like this and then, oh, that didn't really land on that. And then you're kind of like figuring out the mechanics and you say it a few times and you like kind of rehearse it. And then you do a few shows of that set and you kind of tweak certain things and then your body remembers it and like you're just in the moment and then you can do crowd work because yeah. you're just there you know the set already you know what leads into like certain certain bits and stuff and um, yeah it reminds me of when i was in high school and i did plays and i you would just do it so yeah. many fucking times that you just it's just in you you can't get off of book be- or you can't get you can't get knocked off because yeah. you know it so well you know it so well yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly what it's like and the only difference is is that it's not a play that someone wrote you wrote it and you have to tweak it and you yeah. have to be responsible for tweaking it to your own voice and and finding what that is and that's that's just something that takes shows to do so yeah. i think that's great i think yeah. you'll do you'll do great oh thank you baby you'll kill it uh, it's gonna be fun I, yeah. i'm just excited about it i think it's, i think it'll be fun you being excited about it is interesting see interesting people do that yeah yeah, I don't know. You know what it was, I too? I was listening to Dave Chappelle's special again. Yeah. Sticks and Stones, I think it is. And god damn, I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah. Just, yeah. I'd say he's easily, like, number the, one now. The best of our yeah. time. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then in the same video, it was, like, care about what's happening in the world. And this was, like, hmm. To a certain extent, I don't want to, like, care too much. Or I don't want to completely like just watch the news every day all day because it's depressing and i feel like i don't have control over it but i do want to care enough to know what's going on yeah yeah, in the world you know to know to be able to comment on it or have an but if you're if you can do it in a productive way in a productive way i know a lot of people get so sucked into that shit that they don't even do anything other than suffer with the news yeah and that's that's a hard which goes back to to the mark manson quote from the very beginning yeah it's like don't be consumed by the latest big scary thing in the news yeah what's something that's going to help you in your life yeah. like how about that first mm-hmm. above all other things yeah the other thing that they listed i i'm not going in number order here but um is be a good listener i believe in that so much so much it's absolutely insane yeah i i, I wish more people knew that yeah like how important that is especially you know, not to get right back into comedy, but damn, dude, it it's it's listening is everything in that. In and that. not just the words, but the nonverbal gestures, too. Mm-hmm. I, I read something like there's some I wish I knew off the top of my head this fucking statistic, but it's something like 80 percent of um, language is nonverbal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So cueing in and being able to recognize nonverbal language the subtext of what's going on mm-hmm. in a conversation and being a good like not just listening to words but also listening to the whole 
that's where a lot of people mess up with acting too. Yeah. Like even myself in the past is you're thinking about what you're going to say next. Yes. And get get your dialogue out and not how you feel. Instead of or, digesting the moment. Yeah, yeah. Or even just like, you know how people talk. Like right now, I just took a pause before I said my next thing because that's how people talk. Yeah. People don't fucking just go to like oh, oh, nonstop, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how that's not how it is. So if it's it's good to pay attention to that kind of stuff because then you can you can use it to enhance your own life. Not even if, not even talking about acting, really. It's just you're listening to your partner and yeah. you're you're seeing that they're going through something and maybe they're not verbalizing it. You ever heard acting is reacting? Absolutely. Yeah. I believe in that 100. percent It's like you you have to take the moment, react to it, and then you have then you say your thing, like because that's how people are. Yeah, I think Actually, so. It takes you a second to if you're truly listening, you're like you're reacting to something. I love that. Yeah. Um, consuming new things. That kind of goes along the same line as of trying stand-up and trying something out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone, baby. Working hard towards your goals. Mm-hmm. Having goals in mm-hmm. the first place to work towards. New goals, too. Failing. Yes. Failing at reaching, trying to reach your goals. I feel like so many people are, are scared to try because they're scared of failing, right? Of but course. You should just challenge it. Everyone fails. Every successful person has failed a lot. Yeah, no, and I've I've also heard of people being afraid of success too. Yeah, like they'll give excuses about what, oh no, I don't want to be successful because I don't want to blah blah blah. Yeah, I don't want to have to deal with a bunch of people being fake around me and trying to use me. I've heard all this. I wow. really have. Yeah, that's just a self sabotage thing. Exactly. Because it doesn't have to be that way. No. Um, I think it was Einstein that said, "Someone that's never made a mistake <laughs> didn't try enough." Wow. Yeah. I botched it, but you didn't have to say it was Einstein. You could say anybody. I would believe that. Well, whatever, whoever said it, there was a picture of Einstein behind the quote. I like that. They should do that for everything. <laughs> I know. Just put any quote, but have Einstein behind it, because now I just believe that it's smart. Math <laughs> is hard, Einstein. Yeah. Right behind it. That'd be great. Uh, and then, like, don't obsess or try too hard, like, because you'll get burnt out, and then that's not interesting either. I think that I think that obsession can be healthy. But it just, yeah, if, if you take it to to a degree that's nuts, it's yeah, bad. Yeah, Because I, anytime I've done really well, it's because I get obsessed with something. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I think it's more on the try-hard factor where... Yeah, where, um, it's a spectrum. It's not obsession or try-hard. I don't... It's where you're putting too much pressure, I think. Oh, yeah, that on, can happen. Like, yeah. you're trying way too hard. That'll happen thing. if you're writing a script or something and you're like, this script has to be perfect. Every page has to be perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's bad. Yeah, for sure. And that's not obsession. That's like uh, you're just punching yourself in the dick at that point. Yeah, it's like perfectionism Mm -hmm. and um, no room for error. And then the last video that I watched was signs that you're an HSP, which is a highly sensitive person, which I just kind of I just kind of touched on that subject last year when I was just dealing with a lot. And I was like, how come it's always like that? How come I feel like more strongly than everyone else that I know? Um, like I have too deep of emotions and right. I came across this highly sensitive person thing. Um, so typically there's an overlap of um, 30% of the population re- uh, identifies as being an introvert and 70% of those people are highly sensitive people. So there's a huge overlap of introverts that are this. Not every introvert is a highly sensitive person. Um, not every highly sensitive person is an empath. Not every, you know, it's not. It doesn't go both ways, but um, I was looking into what highly sensitive people are, and this video was eight signs you're a highly sensitive person. 
Mm. I think it was also from Psych to Go. Psych, like psychology, not like the Thank 90s. You. Yeah. Um, one is that you feel deeply and tend to be emotionally reactive. So you feel very, very deep emotions. And therefore, when you hear new things, you tend to have an emotional reaction first before. Interesting. I'm the opposite. But yeah. I do feel deeply, but I don't react deep uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And I'm not saying I identify with all of these, but I definitely feel the extremes of emotions, like the very low, low, low ones and like the very, very high, high ones. All of them make me cry, by the way. <laughs> true. Yes. Very true. Um, but yeah, I also, I think I used to feel a lot of shame for that because mostly because my dad didn't want me to feel emotions unless I was um, hurt physically. Hope he's listening. Uh, I think it was his coping mechanism because of, he's a fucking crybaby yeah. and he needed to bitch he's a little <laughs> bitch and he needed to bottle that in because he was raised military yeah um which is sad because I, I think that everyone deserves to feel the depths of all they can feel and i didn't appreciate it till later in my life when i looked at it more as a blessing than a curse mm -hmm. because even though i wished that i could control it more I did go through a period of time where I blocked it off completely and I'd much rather feel than not feel. Me too. Yeah. I also think that, and this goes with being a man sometimes, people have been brought up to believe that men don't share their emotions and shit. But I think that, I've said this before, but men, real men, I think, are honest about how they feel. Yeah. Including like, you know, people like to say like, hey, I'm a guy, I'll tell you what I think no matter what, right? But like, how come you're not doing that at home with your emotions then? Mm -hmm. Like if you if you really are, I tell you what I think, how come you're not telling people how you feel? It's the same shit. Goes or hand in hand. certain emotions are okay and not others. Yeah, it's not, it's not true. It's yeah. not true and it's not a good trope either. Like for some reason, anger is seen as more masculine as, and yeah, and, like, and not weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where anger is actually very a very weak emotion. Absolutely, because you can't control yourself and stuff. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Two, they prefer to exercise alone, and I never, I never put that together that that was a trait of a highly sensitive person. But I I remember constantly being like, yeah, a lot of people I talk to are like, I gotta have a partner with me to hold me accountable. Oh, I slipped on my workout regimen because I you know stopped seeing my partner that was like going with me, or I need a training buddy or whatever. And I hate having a training. I I don't like exercising with people. I feel you. like pressured to be at their pace also pressured to have a conversation with them when i just want to focus on working out yeah um same boat and i just like want to zone out not think about anything and just exercise while i'm working towards my health goals uh so there's that three it takes longer to make decisions because you're analyzing each possibility so even with minor decisions it's like when you're looking at a menu and That's you're me. trying to you decide. That's me all the way. I mean, how you're a highly sensitive person. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, how long will I take to order something sometimes? Yeah, you take forever. I, I really like to go through it. And I like to clown on you, but when I think about it, I've established different systems for me to, because I have a hard time making decisions, yeah. like my color thing where I wear a different color on depending on the date of the week, it just narrows it down for me mm -hmm. so I can pick out an outfit because otherwise I could spend an hour trying to figure out what I want to wear. Yes. And same with menus. Um, I'm a dairy-free pescatarian now, so it very much narrows it down if we go somewhere and I don't have to think about each option because I'm just, um, this one works for me. Yeah, me for me, if I at all am in my head, mm -hmm. I cannot make a decision. Mm. So I have to get to the point where I 
know what it is that I want, and then in the moment, tip of my tongue. That's when I make my decision. Mm. Always. Yeah. I cannot operate outside of the tip of my tongue. It's very weird, but cool. that's how I operate. It's almost feelings-based picking. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes to major decisions, and this I still struggle with, it's it can be often hard to pick a career path or a hobby or whatever because you're thinking of the pros and cons of each possible thing, of every single possible thing you could do. Yeah. And I think that I've talked about this before where I was like, you know, I love a lot of things. I, I love acting. I like YouTube. I like stand up. I like and like I want to write a book like I have so many goals and ambitions and I feel like I need to focus on one of them. At yeah. A time. You don't want to be a master of none. Is, right. Is the, the but I couldn't pick. Right. It was so hard to pick. I inevitably picked YouTube. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was really hard because I was like. Feels like you could. feels like. What if I make the wrong choice? But YouTube is a cool thing like that where you can be an author off of YouTube and you can make movies yeah, off yeah. Of YouTube and all the shit. And you, you have a little bit more control over like if I wanted to act in something, I could produce something that, to act in. Oh, yeah. If I just found the joy from acting. A bunch of fucking jokers have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah trust me. <laughs> um, for, oh, this one's so me uh, paying attention to subtlety and small details. Oh yeah. So you can notice like the color of someone's nails or if there was a crack in a lamp on, in your friend's house that wasn't there before, like you'll all over pick it. that up. I'm not. And I didn't know this was a trait either of a highly sensitive person, but it makes sense because since you're really affected by your environment and surroundings, like you're just, you feel more than others. Um, even little subtle differences can it's like greatly affect you. Like really, it makes it stands out. Mm. And it, you, you say this a lot um, that I I can always read you. Yes. You know, like even if you make the slightest little subtle change in behavior, yep. I always know something's wrong because to me it just stands out like this. Mm-hmm. But good. she's she's got her hands out for those of you who are not seeing it. It's huge. Very big. Yes. And it also bothers me because I feel like this is part of a bullshit detector where I can sense bullshit in other people or like little subtle changes in behavior when other people are talking or conversing or they're not really saying the whole truth or something. But other people don't see it as yeah. blatantly so as like that. Crazy. Yeah. And I can't and I don't want to feel like I'm accusing them of something or like taking it too far when I'm the only one that sees it. Yeah. And it can lead to yeah. standoffness. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, you're highly conscious and have really good manners. Like you're just very conscious about how other people are making other people feel good. Yeah, that's like, important. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. And also I'm very conscious when people don't do it back. I'm like, what the hell? Sure. Just, but sometimes they're not capable. I know. And sometimes they don't mean it that way. It's yeah. just that I'm so, I'm so highly yeah, aware you're, of you're it. Very like when my dad texts back, no. <laughs> or whatever with a period <laughs> i'm like why is it so curt and know. like short he's not meaning it to be no, like that but not. it's just like ah i'm so conscious of making like putting an exclamation point making it seem like i'm well your dad's also the guy who's like i don't need all his newfangled phone I shit know. and then he gets it and he fucking loves it yeah you have to understand yeah. the person that you're talking yeah. to he he is he likes that he seems like a simple man, but he's actually pretty complex. He actually really likes yeah. the, the technology the image. stuff. Yeah. yeah, he likes the image, but he doesn't. I'm off the grid. Yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. it. Totally, bud. Oh, what's the smartphone? Oh, this is tight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, how come I'm going to send everyone pictures of my grandson all fucking day long now? Yeah. Yeah, he's fucking a softie. hypocrite softie. See? Also, he cried, at, he cried at my wedding. I don't forget. Yep. So when I was a kid, when I would cry because of, of whatever, I was like feeling some emotions, he'd be like, 
you can only cry if you're hurt. And like, are you hurt? No. Okay, you can't cry. So then he cried right before the wedding. And I was like, you can only cry if you're hurt. <laughs> are you hurt? <laughs> so good. You burned him 18 mm, years later. Boom. Or what, fucking 25 30 years later. 30 years later. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> like, anyway. I love it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We yeah. appreciate you guys. And, and if please, you want to touch on any of these subjects, those are all... You can go deep. Go, you can go real deep. We deep just, and hard. We, it's, just like, it's like we threw birdseed down. Yeah. Okay. So you guys all flock to it and you see what goes down. Maybe one day I'll learn more about one of those topics and have a full episode on it. But yeah. I like the tip of the iceberg for that. In the meantime, if you share this podcast with your friends, it'd be so appreciated. It'd be so fucking cool. Oh, it'd be so fun. And uh, yeah, like us on whatever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars. We really appreciate it. And you'll follow us everywhere And download too. the show. It helps a lot. You have no idea we how much it helps. We need you to do a lot, a lot of favors for us. Look, and guys, we need We're not going to give you, you like that much in return. We're except needy for to this today. Our content, our quality ass motherfucking content did i not watch a lot of content today you to did summarize you put it your heart you? on the line dude i put my heart on the motherfucking line today every day every for day four quarters i go out you put out there 110 i fight yep for the people and what do they give you back five stars hopefully five stars hopefully on itunes and also follow us and also subscribe and rate us thanks we love you we'll talk bye. to you next week bye Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.